from the deep, dark, dirty nether regions of the Rust Belt, we ask you to occupy your mind. listeners. It's so good to know, as usual, that you are out there somewhere listening. So as you probably already know, we have got an exclusive interview with the very famous Klaus Schwab, internationally known dictator, very, very well known, soon to be controlling the entire world. Now the interview is a bit choppy. We're just going to play some clips from the interview. Uh, we just had a few glitches because um, his team, his goons, kept trying to torture our production staff. So we had to keep moving the production staff around and we'd have to briefly stop recording while we moved the staff to safer locations. But I think you might find this interview to be very interesting. And so let's hear it. Let's hear it. We're going to play some clips with our exclusive interview with the internationally known. Klaus Schwab, soon to be the world's dictator. Here it is. Hello, my name is Klaus Schwab. Klaus, Klaus Schwab. I am rich. I am very, very rich. I have lots of money, lots of money, and Lots of followers. People follow me all the time. They like me. Or they say they like me. In this new world order, this great reset, I want you to know that you 
you will own nothing. You will lose everything that you own. If you own anything now, many people not own anything anyway because they cannot. Because I don't want them to own anything. But if you still own anything, you will not, very soon you will not own anything. You will own nothing and I, I will own everything. But you will be very, very happy. Yes, you will be happy. And if you are not happy, I will make you happy. I will make you happy. My wife say I make her happy. But, you know, she's dead now. But she say I make her happy. She tell me I need better hygiene. She tell me this. But she's happy. She's dead. But she's happy and she talks to me all the time. We have ways of making you happy. You need to be happy. And we will make you happy. Whether you like it or not, you will be happy. And you will give us everything. Everything that we want. You will give it to us now. Put a smile on your face. Put it on your face now. Put a smile on your face. Hmm, no. It needs to be longer, wider. Spread your lips out. Show those teeth. Oh, yes, you must take the mask off for this. Yes, I am telling you, take mask off. But only for a moment when I evaluate you. Make sure your smile is correct. Well, there you have it. Clips from our exclusive interview with Klaus Schwab. And my invisible producer says that we have some more clips that we can play for future podcasts if I get permission from my day job to spend time on this podcast. We will include those in future podcasts. And now, onward and upward with the rest of our show. So, U.S. Patent Number W zero two zero two zero zero six zero six zero six it has three sixes in it cryptocurrency system using body activity data now it is creepy because it does have three sixes in it six zero six zero six um and when i looked this up online to you know to verify it what I did find is that Snopes, the so-called fact checkers, actually covered it. Snopes.com. Does Microsoft own patent 666 about implanting microchips in people? Okay. Snopes, okay, remember they are all for this, the propaganda, you know, they're all for this agenda, and they even admit that Yes, they say it's true. Microsoft published a patent for a cryptocurrency system using body activity data. This patent is filed under the number W O two zero two zero zero six O sorry six zero six zero six A one. So the W O I guess is W O not W zero.
was that I wasn't sure of. Okay, so even Snopes says, yes, it's true. This is a patent, but it doesn't contain three... It does contain three sixes, but it's not the same as 666. <laughs> so, yeah. So it, it's, it's, um, it's admitted, even by Snopes, this, it does exist. Um, and let's find it. Okay, so another, another site, uh, leadstories.com. Okay. Fact and fiction about Microsoft patent application W O two zero two zero zero six zero six zero six. Oh, you know what I'm noticing is not only is there W O, which could stand for World Order, but twenty twenty W O twenty twenty zero six zero six zero six. Oh my gosh, it gets creepier and creepier. Um, and they're also saying, did Microsoft file a patent application with the number 060606 for body interfaced cryptocurrency to be implanted in humans, as well as include 5G wireless technology and vaccines? Now, according to this site, leadstories.com, no, that's not entirely true. Microsoft did file a patent application for, quote, cryptocurrency system using body activity data, unquote, and was given the number WO. 2020-060606, but the application was actually filed in 2019 and does not mention implants, 5G, or vaccines. Okay. So they're admitting, you know, that this, this does exist. They're just saying, well, you know, it was in 2019, not 2020, <laughs> that this was patented. Um, and it's not 666, it's 060606. Okay, so what's your point? It's, it's you know... Yeah, it's still pretty creepy, and, you know, the fact that the fact checkers are admitting to it is, is very interesting. Okay, I couldn't find this on the U.S. Patent Office's website, um, which is uh, USPTO.gov. I found this on patents.google.com. Um, apparently, it's international. it's an international application published under the Patent Cooperation Treaty, PCT, World Intellectual Property Organization International Bureau. International publication number is WO 2020060606A1. The inventors were Dustin Abramson, Microsoft Technology Licensing, LLC, Derek Few, Microsoft Technology, LLC and Joseph uh, Joseph Edwin Johnson Jr. Microsoft Technology. Um, so micro it is Microsoft people working for Microsoft to they're they're the inventors. They're considered to be the inventors of this technology. So as I said, you can look this up yourself um, on the same website for Google uh, patents.google.com. Uh, it says the title of it, this patent is Cryptocurrency System Using Body Activity Data. And there's a diagram that shows a person, there's a sensor and a user device, a communication network, and a cryptocurrency system that it's all hooked up to. Uh, the abstract says human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in a mining process of a cryptocurrency system. A server may provide a task to a device of a user which is communicatively coupled to the server. A sensor communicatively coupled to or comprised in the device of the user 
may sense body activity of the user. Body activity data may be generated based on the sensed body activity of the user. The cryptocurrency system, communicatively coupled to the device of the user, may verify if the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system and award cryptocurrency cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity is verified. Okay, so what, what it sounds like, what, what they're saying is that you will tap into a device, the device will read that it's you, and then you'll be able to get access to your money. So it, it sounds like a digital ID system where, you know, oh, we recognize your fingerprint or your thumbprint that you, you know, you press on your phone. And a lot of people are using that, right? They're using a fingerprint on their phone. So, you know, you, we recognize you and we're communicating with, you know, with your bank and um, we recognize that it's you. So we will release your money. Now, this is something that's really already happening, right? Because a lot of people are using cryptocurrency. A lot of people are using uh, digital currency already. And this is why I have not been buying into it. I like good old-fashioned cash for a number of reasons. Uh, I I just feel that it's easier to budget my money. Uh, and uh, I know where my money's going. And it's anonymous, Right. They can't control it, but, you know, again, as I know I harp on this, but this started with the Patriot Act. Once again, if you go into your bank, look at the sign on the wall. It says, according to the USA Patriot Act, and to prevent money laundering, we need to basically be spying on you and your money and know where your money is and who has what money in the bank. Just like they're spying on where you work, right? I mean, they're paying attention to who works where. And that started, I believe, with the Ronald Reagan administration back in the 80s, if I'm, if I, if I, and I'll look this up, um, but I believe that's where it started, where you, you know, in an effort to stop illegal immigration, you know, you've got to prove that you are who you say you are when you apply for a job and show two forms of ID. But then after um, 9-11 happened, it, it was accelerated, right, where now Homeland Security is monitoring <clears throat> uh, the employment applications that the, the, the forms you have to fill out proving to the U.S. government that you're a U.S. citizen. Why do they need to know that you're a U.S. citizen? Well, to prevent illegal immigrants from working. But no, it's actually because they just want to track us and monitor us and they know who's working where. And we know from the COINTEL program, C-O-I-N-T-E-L-P-R-O, counterintelligence program, the FBI engaged in, they claim they stopped it um, this was back in, I think, the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, and the, US the FBI had this program, counterintelligence program, where they were plotting against political activists, and that was one of the things that they would do, is, is try to make it hard for a political activist to hold on to their job, to hold on to their relationships, to interfere with the person's life, to ruin the person's life, and therefore stop the person from becoming politically active or an effective political activist. Okay, so, so once you know that the U.S. government has this history of harassing political activists and trying to make it hard for political activists to keep their jobs and to earn a living and to hold on to relationships, it's a little hard to accept the notion of this digital ID system in which, um, you know, people are connected to this digital interface that can be controlled and monitored remotely and where some 
device knows that it's you personally and can sense by your body that it is you. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know why people have this kind of faith and trust in the government, but maybe part of it is that a lot of people don't know about the COINTELPRO program. And maybe this is something that people need to be informed about. So I'm going to read through this um, patent, at least some of it, um, because it's being rumored that very soon, in here, maybe this year, 2023, that this virtual currency, this digital ID system, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency System, is going to be imposed upon us. And it'll be very hard to resist without a community of people behind you. And, oh my gosh, I still hear people suggesting that we need to be all about and not about the collective because collectivism is bad. And again, I really think that we need a balance. I think we do need to think about the collective and what's best for our society as well as what's best for ourselves as individuals. I really think that balance is important. If we don't care about the collective, about our society, then we're not going to help each other. We're not going to cooperate. And that's really how most Americans are. Americans are not able to cooperate very well or come together very well. And that's why I think there hasn't been a lot of protesting. Um, you know, in France, thousands of people taking it to the streets, protesting just because they want to raise the retirement age a couple of years. You know, I mean, the people there, uh, you know, they're able to come together and they're able to see how what ha what affects you affects me and vice versa. We are all connected. Um, anyhow, cryptocurrency system using body activity data. I'm going to read some of this background. Quote, a virtual currency, also known as digital currency, is a medium of exchange implemented through the Internet, generally, not tied to a specific government-backed backed flat printed currency such as the US dollar or the euro and typically designed to allow instantaneous transactions and borderless transfer of ownership. One example of virtual currency is cryptocurrency wherein cryptography is used to secure transactions and to control the creation of new units." Unquote. So I'm just going to make a comment here. I can see where this appeals to people. It's like using your credit card or your debit card. You know, you can just buy something instantly. Um, but this is why I don't like to use credit cards and debit cards, actually, because it's just too easy to spend money. You know, um, again, I, I that's why I prefer cash. Um, it's more obvious to me when I've spent a lot of money. I run out of cash. I can see it. I can feel it, and I, I'm more likely to, to manage my money and to be more frugal, and I'm a very frugal person. It's easier for me to be frugal and careful with my money when I use cash. So I can see where this is going to come across as very convenient and easy to people, and they're going to say, oh, yeah, great, wonderful, just swipe my finger, you know, and they read my fingerprint, and there we go. I've got money. Or maybe they're just going to swipe our foreheads. Maybe that's what the temperature scanning was all about um, when they were pointing these guns at our foreheads, you know, to measure our temperature, um, to get us used to being scanned, maybe. Just a thought I had. Anyway, I'm going to read a little bit more. Quote, several cryptocurrencies exist. Among these, the most well-known is a blockchain-based cryptocurrency. Most blockchain-based cryptocurrency is decentralized in the sense that it has no central point of control. However, Blockchain-based cryptocurrency can also be implemented in a centralized system 
having a central point of control over the cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is one of the examples of blockchain-based cryptocurrency. It is described in a 2008 article by Satoshi Nakamoto named Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. A blockchain is a data structure that stores a list of transactions and can be thought of as a distributed electronic ledger that records transactions between source identifiers and destination identifiers. The transactions are bundled into blocks and every block, except for the first block, refers back to or is linked to a prior block in the blockchain. Computer resources or nodes maintain the blockchain and crypto cryptographically validate each new block and the transactions contained in the corresponding block. This validation process includes computationally solving a difficult problem that is also easy to verify and is sometimes called a proof of work. This process is referred to as mining. The mining may be a random process with low probability so that a lot of trial and error is required to solve a computationally difficult problem. Accordingly, the mining may require enormous amounts of computational energy. It is with respect to these and other general considerations that the following embodiments have been described. Also, although relatively specific problems have been discussed, it should be understood that the embodiments should not be limited to solving the specific problems identified in the background. Okay, now we get to the summary. Quote, Some exemplary embodiments of the present disclosure may use human body activity associated with a task provided to a user as a solution to mining challenges in cryptocurrency systems. For example, a brainwave or body heat emitted from the user when the user performs the task provided by an information or service provider, such as viewing advertisement or using certain internet services, can be used in the mining process instead of massive computation work required by some conventional cryptocurrency systems, data generated based on the body activity of the user can be a proof of work, and therefore a user can solve the computationally difficult problem unconsciously. Accordingly, certain exemplary embodiments of the present disclosure may reduce computational energy for the mining process as well as make the mining process faster. So that's very interesting, and this is my first time reading this, so I'm kind of reading it along with you. I mean, this is something that I feel like I would need to spend a little time on to take it apart, but where it says right here that the user is viewing an advertisement or using certain internet services, I'm guessing they're rec- they're referring to maybe social media, like Facebook, Meta, whatever it's called now, <laughs> Twitter, but when a person's viewing an advertisement or on a social media site or using the internet, they can detect your brain waves or your brain waves or your body heat that your body gives off while you're viewing these advertisements or these social media, like maybe comments people leave on social media. So that what that says to me is they're checking to see what, what your emotions or feelings are and then they can infer what your thoughts are. So if they can scan your, if they can tell your, what your body, what kind of body heat your body's emitting, they can tell from that whether you're angry or irritable or unhappy or happy or in a good mood or a bad mood. So if you're giving off, you know, your body's giving off heat from anger while you're looking at a Facebook comment, right, then they can sort of 
infer from that or, you know, that deduct from that that, oh, you know, this person has this or that political viewpoint um, or thinks in this certain way because they're getting angry, they're getting provoked when they see these kinds of comments, right? Or, you know, when a person sees a certain advertisement. So essentially what it, what it looks like to me, and again, I this is my first time reading this, but it looks like they're suggesting, hmm, we can sort of read people's minds or you get an idea of what how a person's thinking. Why would they need that if this was just about money? They're talking about attaching people to their money. Again, this does appear from what I'm looking at right now, it looks like what is being suggested is they can tell, kind of get an idea of how you think or feel, and maybe that in response to that, they will prevent you from accessing your money, maybe. That's what it looks like to me. But again, I, I, you know, I would really have to take this apart. It's my first time reading this. But you, my wonderful invisible listeners, can let me know what you think from all this. And of course, read this on your own. You can actually download the PDF as well. I'm going to read a little bit more. Quote, systems, methods, and hardware aspects of computer readable storage media are provided herein for a cryptocurrency system using human body activity data, unquote. So yeah, using the activity of your body and somehow linking that to a cryptocurrency system. How are you feeling today? Hmm, should we let you spend money? Quote, according to various embodiments of the present disclosure, a server may provide a task to a device of a user which is communicatively coupled to the server. A sensor communicatively coupled to or comprised in the device of the user may sense body activity of the user. Body activity data may be generated based on the sensed body activity of the user. A cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device of the user may verify whether or not the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system and award cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity data is verified, unquote. So they need to verify that it's you, <laughs> apparently, but they need to check your body heat and things like that. So if you're wearing an Apple Watch, you know, you you know, you might want to be a little concerned. I would not wear an Apple Watch personally. I don't think it's a healthy thing to do. But, you know, you're wearing one of those things and it's it's monitoring you uh, most likely. So anyway, quote, examples are implemented as a computer process, a computer a computing system or as an article of manufacture such as a device, computer program product or computer readable medium. According to one aspect, the computer program product is a computer storage medium readable by a computer system and encoding a computer program comprising instructions for executing a computer process. This summary is provided to introduce a selection of concepts in a simplified form that are further described below in the detailed description. This summary is not intended to identify key features or essential features of the claimed subject matter, nor is it intended to be used to limit the scope of the claimed subject matter. And now, it's time for a public service announcement from your friends at Occupy Your Mind. Worried about losing your mind, or perhaps you don't mind? Feel compelled to conform? To do what everyone else is doing? Think you need to do what the authority figures tell you to do? What the authorities tell you to do? Don't be afraid to think. 
Don't be afraid to think deep thoughts and ask deep questions. Don't be afraid to think for yourself. Question authority. Question society. Question yourself and everybody else. Occupy your mind. Occupy yourself. Friends, I do not want to get the hiccups. I do not like getting hiccups. So before I drink anything, especially water, I take a vaccine. It's called the hiccup vaccine. It will prevent you from hiccuping. So you can drink your water, your tea, your coffee, whatever it is that you drink, and not hiccup afterwards. Hiccups are dangerous. Every year, people die from hiccups. Sometimes they die indirectly from hiccups. That's right. What many people don't realize is whenever you hiccup, you are letting out spittle into the air, which contains viruses that will make people very, very sick. Hiccuping is dangerous. But now... There's a vaccine that will prevent you from hiccuping. As you can see, I'm very passionate about this issue. I wish more people were informed of the danger of hiccups. I never hiccup. Never at all. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I took the vaccine. What? 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 Stop it. Stop hiccuping. I'm scrolling down a little bit. I don't want to read the whole thing because it's rather long. So next to number 30. Quote, the term cryptocurrency may mean a digital currency in which encryption techniques are used to regulate the generation of units of currency and verify the transfer of funds. Many cryptocurrencies include the use of a blockchain to provide security and prevent fraud as double spending. Some embodiments of the present disclosure may be used in alternate cryptocurrency mechanisms other than a blockchain. Unquote. I'm just going to stop there and just say, yeah, that's how they're going to spin it as this is going to prevent fraud. You know, it's all, all of this tyranny that we're dealing with is fear-based, and it has been since the Patriot Act was passed. But even before then, before the Patriot Act, we had... The, you have to show two forms of ID when you apply for a job. You have to prove that you're a U.S. citizen. The government needs to oversee who works where to make sure that illegal immigrants are not working. And Americans went along with that out of fear, right? Oh, my gosh, we don't want illegal immigrants working. Why? What if somebody is illegal and they're working? Well, how does that hurt things? Well, they're taking jobs away from Americans. No, um, they can bring in legal immigrants to take away our jobs. They can outsource our jobs to third world countries, which is what they've been doing. And right now they're replacing people with machines. So that's something that's been going on for a long time anyway, but it's just accelerating. But in any case, we, we've given up our freedom. I think we need to admit that to ourselves as Americans, that many times in the past we have agreed to give up our freedom. We gave up our Fourth Amendment right to privacy when the Patriot Act was passed, and that was based on terrorism, the fear of terrorists. We've given up, we've allowed the surveillance state to increase out of fear of crime. Our fellow American is a criminal or a terrorist or 
or a money launderer. We've, we've, we, if, if we can admit to the fact that we have made some bad choices as Americans, that we have allowed our freedom to be taken away from us out of fear, then we can actually work on taking back our power. But to the extent that we just focus on what other people are doing and point the finger at them, even though, yes, there are some nefarious characters out there doing some bad things, but when we keep focusing on them, we are powerless. We There's strength in numbers, and there's still more of us than there are of them. So I do believe that I do believe that is a is a bad idea. I think individualism is okay, being an individual of course. But we do we do need to have that balance, that balanced system. And th- there are people who are going off and buying their plot of land and their tiny homes and living off the grid. Those people are doing nothing to stop this. You know, just taking care of yourself and thinking of yourself does nothing. We have to work together on this. And if we can't do that, then we won't win. And to be honest, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I don't think we are going to (laughs) win. Not here in the United States, because Americans just can't. There's just too much of this. It's just all about me. No, rugged individualism doesn't work. It never has. We do need to work together. I don't know what else to say. I'm not going to try to convince people. People can learn the hard way, unfortunately. And I'm just going to read a little, you know, Again, I'll read a little bit more. Quote, Sensor uh, 140 may include, for example, but not limited to, functional magnetic resonance imaging, which is MRI, scanners or sensors, EEG sensors, near-infrared spect- spectroscopy, NIRS sensors, heart rate monitors, thermal sensors, optical sensors, radio frequency sensors, ultrasonic sensors, cameras, or any other sensor or scanner that can measure or sense body activity or scan the human body. For instance, the MRI may measure body activity by detecting changes associated with blood flow. The MRI may use a magnetic field and radio waves to create detailed images of the body, for example, blood flow in the brain to detect areas of activity. Wow unquote, <laughs> the, the wow's not there, that's me. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, they can detect blood flow, flow in your brain. Now, I can see the medical benefits of that in a way, you know, I can see how, you know, this could be used for good to monitor a patient who's very sick, maybe to, but I can also see the nefarious agenda behind it too, how this could be used for good or for evil, right? Let's see... It goes on to say, quote, the material shows one example of how the MRI can measure brain activity associated with visual information and generate image data, unquote. Generate image data. Okay, that's interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so it, it goes on. It's, it gets, it's like I said, I can see where this could be spun as a good thing, and maybe there are actually good, you know, positive uses for this stuff. Cryptocurrency, quote, cryptocurrency system 150 may include one or more processors for processing commands and one or more memory storing information and one or more cryptocurrency data structures, blah, blah, blah. Let me go on here. Cryptocurrency system 150 may be a decentralized network, 200, such as a decentralized blockchain network, including one or more compute resources. Let me go on here. Let me see if I can get to anything more that's... Okay, so, like I said, I can't read everything here, but 
Furthermore, the tasks provided by Task Server 110 can include solving a test for distinguishing human from machine input so that humans but not computers are able to pass it, such as computer automated program to tell computers and humans apart, which is CAPTCHA, which we see when, we, when we're on a website and we have to enter numbers or letters or, or click on, on pictures with motorcycles in them or whatever. That's CAPTCHA. A uh, CAPTCHA-like system designed to establish that a computer user is human. The task may require user 145 to solve a verification challenge, for example, but not limited to an image-based challenge, including instructions prompting user to solve the challenge through interaction with one or more images. It goes on to say, talks about sensing the body activity of the user. The sensor may sense the body activity of the user, the body response related to the task, and transmit the sensed body activity to the device. The body activity may include, for example, but not limited to, radiation emitted from the human body. Brain activities, so they're going to monitor your brain activities. Body blood flow, monitoring your blood flow. Isn't that wonderful? Organ activity or movement. Well, what's that person's liver doing? You know, <laughs> What's your liver doing while you're on our website? Body movement and any other activities that can be sensed and represented by images, waves, signals, text, numbers, degrees, or any other form of information or data. Examples of body radiation emitted from human body may include radiant heat of the body, pulse rate, or brain wave. Brain waves may comprise, for example, but not limited to gamma waves involved in learning or memory tasks, beta waves involved in logical thinking or conscious thought, alpha waves may be related to subconscious thoughts, theta waves may be related to thoughts involving deep and raw emotions. Delta waves may be involved in sleep or deep relaxation. Or electroencephalogram, EEG, which may be measurement used to evaluate the electrical activity in the brain, such as deep concentration. So, <laughs> that's very interesting. You know, uh, do you really want your smartphone or your Apple Watch to know whether you're learning or thinking or whether you're relaxed and sleeping or getting ready to fall asleep or again I can see the benefits I mean I can see how this could be spun as oh well you know your doctor can tell from your doctor can be sitting at home and know that you are sitting in your house and you're fall you're falling asleep right now so the doctor knows that you're going to sleep right now and the doctor knows that you've woken up at such and such time and maybe there are some people who think well that'll That'll be great because my doctor can tell me if, if I'm doing well or not. I don't know. I mean, some people still think the Patriot Act was a great idea and these surveillance cameras on our streets were a great idea. And obviously, I don't think so. But, you know, uh, when people are frightened, they will give up their freedom very easily, very quickly and easily. And so maybe we just need to think about why our fellow American is so frightened. And again, as I've said before, I really think that if we come together and form communities and support each other and work together, that reduces the fear. I think when people feel alone, they get more fearful. But, I mean, I know some people have a different view, and that's okay, but I don't know how empowered and brave and courageous you can be when you feel like it's you against the world. I just, it is what it is. Anyway, this goes on. This is very interesting. So they, they're, they, they want to measure, th this This involves measurement of the electrical activity in your brain, such as deep concentration. Quote, examples of the body movement may include eye movement, 
facial movement or any other muscular movements. Furthermore, brain activity can be sensed using the MRI. The MRI measures brain activity by detecting changes associated with blood flow. This technique relies on the fact that cerebral blood flow and neuronal activation are coupled. When an area of the brain is in use, blood flow to that region also increases. So, so they can tell what part of your brain you're using. So that's very interesting. Let's see if we get to some more juicy parts of this. So this goes on to say that in another example, a user device may filter a raw signal of the body activity using one or more filters to apply the filtered body activity signal to an audio hash function or algorithm. Okay, so that's interesting. So uh, maybe your anger or your irritability becomes an algorithm. So remember, this is a patent that has to do with cryptocurrency. You know, we're talking about money and people's bodily functions, you know, somehow intertwined, which is the very strange thing about this. It says here, okay, so I'm on page 11 of this document. If determining in Operation 510 that the hash of the body activity data is out of the target range or does not include the desirable pattern set by cryptocurrency system 150 or if determining in operation 530 that the rehash data does not match the hash of the body activity operation 310 or 320 may be preceded at operation 350 when the body activity data transmitted from user device 130 satisfies one or more conditions set by cryptocurrency system 150 cryptocurrency system 150 awards cryptocurrency to user 145 so cryptocurrency an amount of cryptocurrency corresponding to the task accomplished by the user it awards the user an amount of cryptocurrency corresponding to the task accomplished by the user additionally cryptocurrency system may re- award cryptocurrency to an owner or operator of a task server as a reward for providing services such as search engines chatbots applications or websites offering users access for free to paid contents Uh, For example, video and audio streaming or electric books or sharing information or data with users. For example, in the blockchain cryptocurrency system in Operation 340, at least one of compute resources on the figure 2 is referring to the diagram, verifies if the hash of the body activity data of user is valid. Okay, so it's it's basically, this is an interesting document. And uh, okay, so then on page 21, the bottom of page 21, Concept 12, a computer-implemented method comprising receiving by a device of a user coupled to a network, a task over the network, sensing by a sensor communicatively coupled to or comprised in the device of the user, body activity of the user, generating body activity data based on the sensed body activity of the user verifying by a cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device of the user if the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system and awarding by the cryptocurrency system cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity data is verified, unquote. So the body activity data needs to satisfy one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system. Well, I guess they could say that's just they're verifying that you are who you say you are, right? Verifying that your fingerprint or your blood flow to your brain or your brain activity is actually yours and is to their liking 
in order for you to, to get your, your currency. The method of any preceding or, and or succeeding concepts wherein the body activity sensed by the sensor comprises at least one of body radiation emitted from the user, body blood flow, a brain wave, pulse rate, or body heat radiation. So your pulse, <laughs> the heat coming from your body, again, your brain waves, your blood flow, body fluid flow. You know, again, that, that reminds me a lot of those temperature scanners that they were pointing at people's foreheads. I'm thinking that was a way of preparing us for having our bodies scanned. And um, they can sense your temperature, you know, the body heat that you're emitting can let them know, can give them an idea of what your emotions are, what your feelings are, maybe, potentially. And, and again, you know, they could potentially sort of predict what your what your thoughts are in that sense okay so on this document there's a diagram that shows a person and a sensor that communicates with the user device that communicates with the communication network that communicates with the cryptocurrency system so it's all about connecting people to a device I'm, I'm assuming a smartphone that then connects to the cryptocurrency system so it's it's all about connecting people to this currency system and then monitoring your your bodily systems as as a way of identifying you apparently is what they're implying so that they can give you your cryptocurrency but um, but this goes way beyond just checking someone's fingerprint it's, it's just like they want to check your your brain waves and your blood flow and things like that if you look at the document you'll see what I mean and there's a few different there's a few diagrams here that are included in the document that you can view if you if you look it up yourself. So clearly, this is a method of connecting the human body and, and people's bodily functions to money, essentially. Digital money, rather. So they know it's you, and they know it's you spending X amount of money, and they know how your brain is working and how your body is working. How your blood flow is working and why do they need to know that yeah I guess would be the question uh, to identify that it's really you well, why do you even need to need to know somebody is who they say they are what is why are we so obsessed with people having an ID and identifying who they are really again this is something that's been going on for decades now for decades you apply for a job you have to show two forms of ID they do a criminal background check on you and they have to find out that you really are who you say you are. It's so important for them to know that you are who you say you are. And it's all based on fear. It's all based on fear. There was a time when people went out and applied for jobs and they didn't have to show any ID. There was a time when a person could walk into a store and say, hey, I want to work here. Okay, can you start right now? We'll put you on the cash register now. And if you don't work out, we'll fire you. Just like that. And, and society functioned fairly well that way. And ever since we've passed the Patriot Act and the Real ID Act and other laws like the National Defense Authorization Act and we, you know, implemented this homeland security and this whole security state, this surveillance state, ever since we've created this atmosphere of fear, we've seen more mass shootings. We've seen more things to be afraid of, really. And I think it's because... When you set up this surveillance state based on fear, it's a very confrontational, very hostile way of approaching each other. 
were basically saying, I don't trust you. You're, you're after, you're up to no good, aren't you? And we're all looking at each other like this with this mindset of, I can't trust you. And that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, really, when you treat people like they're, they're up to no good and you're assuming that they're up to no good. Honestly, a lot of people will live up to your expectations in that. It's amazing how when we treat each other with respect and dignity and have that namaste, namaste mentality that the yogis and the yoginis speak of, where we say, the spirit in me honors the spirit in you. The good in me honors the good in you. I see the good in you, and I know there's good in you. When we approach people like that, we're more likely to bring out the good in them. Yes, there's some people who we can't bring out the good in. But something else to think about, too, is that a psychopath or a sociopath is somebody who does not have compassion. And they're a minority. There are more male than female psychopaths. And they are people who just, they're just like you and I, really, except that they don't care about other people. They're just all about themselves. And uh, some, a study was done in Europe and they found that psychopaths can empathize. They can have an understanding of why other people do what they do. They, at least according to this one study, they found that the psychopaths that they studied were able to have this understanding, I understand why this person's sad, or I understand why they're mad, but they just don't go into compassion mode. When they, when they understand why other people do what they do, they use that to get what they want, to manipulate people. You know, like, I understand she's sad because her mother died, so maybe this is a good time to, uh, to get her to sleep with me because she's going to be vulnerable. That kind of thing. That's the way they think. Just out to get what they want and not having compassion for other people, not having a lot of feelings, not having any feelings for other people. And essentially, robots, machines, AI, artificial intelligence are psychopaths. They are rational, logical, but no feelings, no emotions. And I think it's important to think about that. You really stop and think about that, about what makes us human and what distinguishes us from machines. Because right now, a lot of people are merging with machines, aren't they? And when, if, when and if this cryptocurrency really this digital currency becomes mandatory and is, is really forced on us, I think we're going to see more and more of that. People just merging with machines, allowing this device to read your bodily functions so that you can get access to your money and buy things for yourself. Again, I, I really think this has been going on for decades too. There's been an attack on the humanities, the liberal arts, right? The subjects that we take in college that tap into our empathy and compassion and what makes us human, the arts. And people who engage in the arts predominantly tend to struggle financially, tend to not do well. People who engage in what makes us human in compassion and empathy and kindness and generosity tend to not get rewarded for that, I would argue. And yet people who are ruthless, who are psychopathic, who don't have empathy, who work with numbers and work with money and dollars and wheel and deal and money tend to do very well. And they make more money than nurses make or caregivers make. In any case, I'm not saying that all rich people are bad and that all poor people are good, but 
I do think that power corrupts and it corrupts absolutely. And I do think that money is power. And I do think that what is happening right now, what we are seeing is a result of extreme wealth that has been created, that we've allowed to be created. And we've allowed power to be concentrated into a few super wealthy people. And extreme wealth is very corrupting and it's not healthy. And I don't think there's been a time in history when extremely wealthy people have cared about the poor or done a lot to help the poor. If I'm wrong, prove me wrong. Let me know, anchor.fm forward slash occupy your mind. But honestly, it's biblical. You know, even in biblical times, Jesus was poor. He had nothing. Walked around with his sandals on and he did no money. But somehow the powers that be have really, really done a number on the American mind and, and convinced Americans that extreme wealth is great, that rich people are superior. They worked for it. They earned it. And poor people don't work. You know, they're lazy. They're not doing all the right things, not making all the right choices. And, and yet most of us are poor. And you really think that rich people make the right choices and that's why they're rich? Is it the right choice? Are, is Bill Gates making the right choices? Klaus Schwab making the right choices? You think that these people are super wealthy because they're doing the right things? They're certainly doing the most selfish things and they are acting in their own self-interest and they are benefiting. They just don't care about us. And that's typical psychopathic behavior. The question is, why would the average American who's not a psychopath engage in that kind of behavior? Why would the average American who has the potential for empathy and compassion for other people engage in this kind of behavior that says, I don't care about you, I only care about myself, and I'm just taking care of me, and that's all that matters is me. Is that natural? I've had some people tell me, yes, it is. That's natural human behavior. Most people are selfish. Well, to a certain extent, okay, we, we have to be a little bit selfish. We have to take care of ourselves. I'm responsible for knowing that I'm hungry and I need to eat and making sure I eat right and eat healthy and don't smoke cigarettes and don't drink a lot of alcohol or abuse drugs. I mean, I'm responsible for how I take care of my body. That's true. We, we, we do have a certain amount of self-responsibility and self-reliance and selfishness that we all engage in. But if we don't think about other people and we don't have compassion and empathy for others and think about what's best for other people, then we are behaving like psychopaths. So it's just something to think about. That is the psychopathic way, not caring about others, only caring about yourself. And there was a time in the past when I think most Americans understood the importance of caring about other people. But the powers that be have done a number on us. They know that there's strength in numbers. They know that we're only strong when we come together and work together to, to stand up for each other. That makes us very strong and powerful. But one person by themselves, you can easily be crushed. They understand that. Unfortunately, the average American does not understand that. Um, and yet there's so many examples of it. You know, what did they do to Martin Luther King? What did they do to John F. Kennedy? Would they have done those things? I mean, would, would those people have died if the powers that be knew that killing them would not kill a movement? And, of course, I would argue no. If they, know, if they knew that killing Martin Luther King would not do a thing to stop the movement for equal opportunities for people of all races and, and really 
for people of all, you know, class levels, <laughs> um, class statuses. Because, you know, Martin Luther King, apparently, from what I understand, is right before he died, right before he was killed, he was wanting to reach out to poor white people and poor black people and bring them together. Because this really is about class warfare. That's really what we're dealing with. And it is the uber-rich against the rest of us. It's not, even, it's not the rich. It's the uber-rich. Make no mistake about it. And I know that there are probably some very nice people out there who are millionaires. And I'm not saying everyone who's a millionaire is a bad person. But I will say I do not trust millionaires. I don't. Simple reason, one simple reason is we should not have homelessness, hunger, or poverty in this country. And we would not have that if all the millionaires got together and started feeding the poor, you know, um, started pro providing real scholarships for college that cover all your tuition. You, you just don't, the rich do not give back. They are constantly trying to get out of paying taxes, constantly trying to get out of contributing to society. This has always been true since biblical times. We, ordinary working class people, we are the ones that get things done. We're the ones who are doing the work. We're the ones who are going out, building the houses, building the roads, building up a society. And we're being told that we're poor because we're lazy and we're not working hard enough or we're not doing all the right things. Are you kidding me? Are Americans going to continue to fall for that nonsense? I guess so. Maybe so. But all is lost from my point of view if people continue on with that thinking. And it is really stupid. People need to really... I wish I could just get everybody to turn off the TV set, turn off the computer, turn off the phone, and start reading books and talking to other people again. And start thinking for yourself, independently. Yes, as an individual, start thinking. But... You know, and take care of yourself as an individual and be yourself as an individual. Go ahead, dye your hair neon pink if you want to. I don't care. But, but, we do need to care about each other. We do need to think about the collective. I personally know that taking a toxic injection is not, is not going to help other people. If I do something to hurt myself, I'm... I'm basically setting a bad example for other people. So I'm not going to hurt myself and have somebody tell me that hurting myself is somehow helping the world. It just isn't. Masks don't work. They don't prevent the spread of any virus. Some people say that it's not even viruses that are making us ill. It's environmental toxins. It's the 5G radiation. It's the um, toxins they're putting in our food, in, our, in the chemtrails. They're trickling down from the skies. It's really, I mean, all these ideas are interesting, and I like to hear all these different opinions. But when I hear people say we need to be selfish, just think of yourself, take care of yourself, don't worry about what other people, how other people are doing, that is very disturbing to me. And I guess it's because I've had a difficult life. I've been through a lot. I know what it's like to struggle. I don't come from a wealthy family. So I know what it's like to struggle, and a lot of struggles... And a lot of problems in our world continue that should not continue. And they only continue because other people don't care. And frankly, nobody's going to come up with, a, a, with cures or treatments for cancer, for AIDS, for other serious diseases if they only care about themselves.
we we try to find cures for diseases we try to find ways to make the world a better place to stop war to stop violence because we care about other people not just ourselves i mean i don't understand that this psychopathic behavior that i'm seeing occur in people who are not psychopaths i know that they are good people deep down inside but somehow have fallen into thinking the way that people like Bill Gates or Klaus Schwab or you know, all these big corporations that fund the World Economic Forum or politicians like Joe Biden and Obama and I would argue Trump as well. I mean, oh gosh, really. <laughs> I, you know, I think for myself, I think independently and it's hard for me to find like-minded people <laughs> because of that. But you know what? We're never going to agree on everything. I don't agree with anybody on everything. Really, you know, I mean, even if they vote for the same, you know, or, or I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to vote anymore. But, but in the past, when when I when I was voting, and I and I I was I'm I'm still on the Green Party. I was on the Democratic Party. I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Even when I meet people who are from that same political affiliation or the same religious background or the same ethnicity as me. You know, it doesn't matter. I don't agree with other people on everything. I'm just too much of an independent thinker. And it's hard being an independent thinker. It really is because you're not going to agree with people on things. And and how do we get along if we disagree? It's not easy. But I would argue if we get off these screens, off these TV screens, off the internet, off of these screens and interact with each other face to face again, it's so much easier to get along because what, what ends up happening is you interact with people face-to-face -face and you find out that, you know what, I don't really care if that person voted for Trump or voted for Biden or is a Democrat or is a Republican or a liberal or conservative. I really like hanging out with this person, drinking a beer or, or, or a kombucha, <laughs> eating pizza or eating a nice big salad, whatever. I really like hanging out with this person and shooting the breeze and we're having fun and I really don't care whom they voted for or didn't vote for. It's just so different being with people in person. And I really appreciate people who listen to my podcast. I love you all. But it's still, it's, it's impersonal. You don't know me and I don't know you, right? That's why I call you my invisible listeners. I don't know who you are, or where you are, or what you are. <laughs> but imagine if there's people you might listen to on a podcast like this or you watch a YouTube video they made or or see them on some, some sort of screen or hear them off of a screen and you may like them or not like them, but in any case you don't really know them. We don't we can't really get to know each other this way. It's just not possible. I mean if you've ever met a person live face to face in person who you first met online via Facebook Meta, whatever the heck they're calling themselves, Twitter or or even over the phone, you know, you start talking to them over the phone or via Zoom or Jitsi or whatever you use. You know, you start talking to people. It's it's just not the same as meeting with them face to face. It's really not. It's just so different because we're going to have different ideas. We're going to have different opinions. We're going to disagree on things. It's just we're human and we have very different experiences. Everybody has a slightly different experience. And some people have radically different different experiences. 
I would argue I'm somebody who's had radically different experiences from the average person. And maybe that's why I'm such a rebel. I'm just not like everybody else. But neither are you, right? Nobody is just like everybody else. But in any case, we're always going to have differences. And it's just so easy to fight when we have this these impersonal interactions. So I would just urge you, my wonderful Invisible listeners, to interact with other humans face-to-face as much as you can, even if they're brainwashed, dead in the head, wearing masks. And I, I just saw somebody the other day at a public library. She was working at the library, had gloves on her hands <laughs> as well as a mask, looked like she was 20 years old, very low risk for getting COVID or anything else. If COVID even exists, I mean, I've started to think it's just a strain of the flu, but who knows? But in any case, a healthy young person wearing gloves and a mask and all frightened of touching people and thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe there are people still caught up in this fear, but there are. And somehow we need to reach them. We're not going to reach them by arguing with them over whether or not COVID exists. Clearly they're brainwashed. They're not going to let go of that. But we can reach their humanity by looking them in the eye and saying, hi, how are you today? Did you have a good day? Nice day, isn't it? Nice sunny day or it's a gloomy rainy day. I wish it wasn't raining. We just try to connect with each other. I really think it's very important. And it's just one of the things I'm thinking, I've been thinking of a lot is we've got to really get back to that. We've got to reach people and, and get people back into being human again. So with that, I bid you a fond adieu. Uh, you can look up that document, this document if you like. World Order 2020 It's just bizarre. Um, that's the publication number. Publication date, it looks like it's March 26th of 2020. Well, actually, no. I'm looking at something... Um, I'm not looking at the actual website here. Okay, yes, that's it. I'm looking at the document. The document in front of me does say March 26, 2020. So, World Intellectual Property Organization. Yeah, I don't know what to say. It's a it's a Microsoft patent. It's real. It's real. And, I mean, yeah, it's open to interpretation, I suppose. People might say, I mean, the powers that be are going to say, well, this is for our own good. You know, we're doing this. We want to monitor people's bodily fluids and bodily functions <laughs> so we can know who you are, just like you have to show two forms of ID when you apply for a job and you need to have your boss has a surveillance camera probably in your office and your boss is watching you constantly and you're okay with it, right? Keeps you safe. Except that since this surveillance state has rolled out since 9-11, Americans have gotten more violent, it seems to me. Again, that whole idea of mass surveillance, it's a very confrontational, very negative, very violent approach to other people. You know, you put up a lot of surveillance cameras, and what you're saying to other people is, I don't trust you, you're out to get me. And it's almost like you're saying, nah, 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 you can't catch me. There's people who have surveillance like a sign in front of their house that says, I'm video recording you as you're walking by my house, you know, it's just, I'm watching you. It, it really, it's, it's almost like a do not touch sign. You know, you put a do not touch and people just want to touch it when you put that sign up. So it's, it's really a very, I think this whole surveillance state is, is, yeah, it's like that. It's like a whole, 
big do not touch do not touch me sign it's like it's it's a it's a threat and it's it's confrontational it's saying i think you are a potential criminal and i need to watch you and spy on you and it just brings out the worst in people it doesn't bring out the good in people typically and that's why mass surveillance does not work it does not stop crime i would argue it does not make our world better it doesn't keep us safe it gives us the illusion of being safe but what really keeps us safe again is forming communities people watching each other's backs and helping each other working together cooperating all those things americans have forgotten how to do and the powers that be don't want us to do and they keep telling us that's communism that's socialism no that's just how the human race has survived for centuries actually is by working together and if we can't cooperate Honestly, we're screwed. They're going to win, and we're going to lose. The only strength we have is in our numbers. I don't know what else to say, except I need to stop talking right now. And what I like to do is to occupy my mind. In other words, I like to take control of what kinds of thoughts are going on in my own head. What about you? Whoops, looks like we've run out of time. So what do you think? Is wearing a cloth over your nose and running away in fear from other people keeping you safe? Do you want your human body to be genetically modified and become a human GMO? Should other people be forced to have their bodies genetically modified? Were you a huge fan of the Nazis and happy they've returned to wreak further havoc on the entire world? Do you think Bill Gates should take the place of God or your higher power? Let us know. Until next time, occupy yourself, occupy your mind. Stay human. Stay independent and stay free. Not the sanitary napkin company. I mean, stay free as in remain free. Oh, never mind. <laughs>